Good morning and welcome to our lounge. Hopefully you can all see and hear us easily. It's great to be able to join together in this way, isn't it? Shall we just spend a few moments praying together uh, before we begin and commit our time to the Lord? Father God, we just thank you that we are still able to meet in this way. And we thank you that you are with us in this Lord. And I just pray now for any distractions that are around us, any things that might take our attention, that they would just be gone, Lord, and that we would be able to just focus upon you and upon your word and what you have to say to us this morning. So we just ask you to be with us now. Open our ears and our hearts to you. In your name. Amen. Amen. So we find ourselves right in the midst of COVID-19. All of our plans have been stopped and we have got no idea when this will be over. We're all having to learn to live a new norm, living day to day. We can't make future plans because we simply just don't know what next week might look like, let alone a month's time. Which for those of us who love to make plans is pretty difficult. Yeah, I mean, we don't believe God orchestrated this infection, but we also don't believe that any of this came as a big surprise to God. He always knows what's ahead of us, and we can take great comfort that we're not alone, and that he knows the end from the beginning. We also know that nothing is ever wasted with God. Many of you will know that famous scripture found back in Genesis chapter 50, when Joseph has been reunited with his brothers. And he says to them, uh, you intended to harm me, but for what you intended for harm, God intended it for good. And as we were reflecting on what we might speak about this morning, we were both reminded that nothing is ever wasted mm. with God. Yeah. And so we've been thinking about how God might begin to use this really strange, difficult time. And I don't know for you, but for us, it feels a bit like the pause button yep. has been pressed on our life because we can't just keep going on as before. We can't keep plowing on with all the usual stuff. Now, I know that many of you like us have been poorly um, and you might be really poorly now. So the physical pause button has been pressed because you haven't got very much energy to do anything at all. So... This morning we find ourselves in this very unexpected space. On the Christian calendar we also find ourselves in a space. Last week we celebrated Easter Sunday and now we're in the space between Easter and Pentecost as we prepare for the celebration of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's a space where we're required to wait, to fully rely on and to trust God but also to be expectant. And it's when we began to think about what that word expectant, we thought about that time when a woman is pregnant, about that time of gestation, when the fetus is growing and developing, where we await the arrival of the baby. So this morning, we want to begin by asking you to start thinking about how God might be using this time for you. What might Father God be birthing in you and in us as a church 
And in order to do this, we're going to start by looking back at Mary's time of waiting as she was pregnant with that very first miracle, God made flesh. So Eva's going to read for us now from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 41. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greeting, who are you, are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be a he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth months. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped into her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Eva. Now, we haven't got mixed up. We know it's Easter and not Christmas. But as we said earlier, um, it's all part of one story. Jesus said himself that the reason he was born was to be crucified and rise again. John 12, 27, and this will come up on your screen. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came. So Mary is between the angel visiting her and conceiving her baby through the Holy Spirit, but Jesus not yet being born. The disciples are between the period where Jesus was resurrected but hadn't yet ascended and sent the Holy Spirit and we are between lockdown measures being implemented and the hope of those measures lifting at some point in the future. And there's something about this between period that is literally pregnant with possibility and it's this period that we're focusing on, this birthing time. Now, Vicky and I as a couple with our house group have been on a journey. It started about five or six years ago. And part of that journey has been around emotionally healthy spirituality. And this is something as a teaching team we've been sharing with the church over the past few years. And we want to draw on some of that today. If you haven't yet read the Pete Scazzaro books, can I thoroughly recommend them to you? If you have read them, 
can I urge you to reread them, but not just read them, but to embrace the principles of growing in emotionally healthy spirituality. Maybe we can begin with one of the emotionally healthy principles that is relevant to our current situation, and that's limits. Often we don't like to be limited, like the 1993 song by the Dutch band Two Unlimited, our mantra can be, no, 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 there's no limits. We can resist limits, we can complain about limits, we can get angry about them. But limits are a crucial part of growing to be like Jesus. Sometimes we can choose a limit for ourselves. Taking one course of action means that we can't pursue another. So we get married and we are no longer single. Um, we might have children and whilst that brings one type of joy, often it places limits on our social life, our finances and our options. So we can choose a limit for ourselves, but sometimes God will place a limit on us. He invites us into a course of action or leads us to the desert or onto the mountaintop away from everyone else to receive from him. And although sometimes we can place a limit on ourselves and God can place a limit on us, sometimes life brings us limits, like the current coronavirus. The lockdown has limited us. But even God, the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present God who exists outside of time and space, is incomprehensible. This, this God willingly placed limits on himself. He became flesh, human incarnation, so that we could see in human form what it meant to live a life in union with God. This incarnation, God made flesh, is the foundational miracle. You know, God loves us so much and has such a passion for us that he came to us and ultimately gave his life for us because he wants to live in us and us to live in him. And in order to do that, he chose Mary. And you could say Mary is almost the first Christian, the first to receive the living Jesus. She literally had Jesus the Messiah living in her for nine months. And when we become Christians, we experience new birth. The old has gone, the new has come. We are a new creation. These are all quotes from the Bible. But the Christian life is a series of new births. It's not just a one-time event. It's a process of God birthing new things in us all the time. Now, I don't know about you, but I think Mary might have preferred a quiet wedding, a normal pregnancy, but God showed up, the most famous interruption in human history. He tells us in his word that after that, Mary pondered all of these things in her heart. Now I would say for the vast majority of us, in one way or another, we want to be in control. We want things to be the way that we want them to be. We make our plans and we have our ideas about the way we'd like things to work out. And there's nothing particularly wrong about making plans or having such ideas. Unless we become so attached to them that we expend increasing and sustainable amounts of effort trying to uphold them. 
unless we are so used to us being in control, so dependent on feeling comfortable with the way things are, that this all gets in the way of what God wants to birth in us. And often, not always, but often, there will be some sort of unwelcome disruption that comes along in our life that upsets our equilibrium, a traumatic life event that impacts our normal. And it's in the midst of this that we see, in reality, we have no control. What we thought was control was merely illusion. But if you can accept the limit of this disruption, there is gift. If you can allow God to work in this situation, as awful, as disruptive as it may be, he can bring forth new birth. But you, like Mary, may need to ponder these things. And this is the same for us with this season of coronavirus and lockdown. We might have preferred to be at work or to go on holiday, to be enjoying a meal with friends around the table, not facing job loss or financial ruin, or losing those precious to us in death. But this interruption, however horrible, has happened. We are limited to this current situation. It's painful and it's confusing, but could there be gift that we've not yet seen? Could there be invitation to new birth that God is longing for us to step into? When God shows up and births something new in us and uses this period, this in-between period, it can be life-changing, not just for you, but for all of the people around you. This birthing process can look different for each of us. What's the birthing process for me? Well, for me, Jesus said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And for Vicky and I, I think a kernel of wheat fell to the ground five or six years ago when our church significantly changed and our leadership changed and very quickly the sort of plans that Vicky and I had made, the hopes and dreams about leading church together, ministering full time together, well those are the seeds that fell to the ground. But without us knowing something else, something new was being conceived. For us, this birthing process has been a long one, particularly for me. I still think it's in gestation. I don't know what the birth will look like or how much longer it will take. But I do know that the deep journey that God has led us on over the past five or six years would never have happened unless that kernel of wheat had fallen to the ground. But what do we do in this period, what do we do in this gestation period? Vicky. So another emotionally healthy principle that Pete Scazzaro sets out for us is around slowing down, Sabbath rest and solitude. And as I said earlier, COVID-19 has pressed the pause button for us. We're usually all so busy moving from one task to the next. To be honest, even some of our rest can actually sometimes feel like hard work. 
Have you noticed that all of a sudden, all of the things that we thought were really significant have become insignificant? For most of us, as Will has said, if we're honest, we love to be in control, don't we? Or what we think is control. And we love making our plans. But what about God's plans? What about what he wants to do with us? Could it be that for many of us through COVID-19, where the pause button has been pressed on our normal routines, where many of us are experiencing a time of enforced solitude, that we're actually being given a gift, where God is allowing us to just stop and stand still. Now, I appreciate this isn't the same for everybody, especially those who are working and battling on the front line, but perhaps if that's you, then this time is more about protecting our Sabbath rest amidst the chaos, finding a space to stop and breathe in the Father's love. How are you doing with this enforced rest, I wonder? I've got to be really honest, this is something that I still really struggle with, just resting and being still. A couple of weeks ago, and I was feeling better, and so I was taking care of everything in the house because Will was still struggling and needing to rest lots. I had this massive realisation that despite reading all about it, despite listening to sermons on it, despite doing retreats, even speaking on it and practicing it, I still really don't fully know how to rest. I often choose to work and to do rather than to just sit and be. I wonder if any of you are like me and instead of seeing this as a moment as a, of an opportunity, a, a pause point, a chance to allow God to birth something in us that we've just created a whole new list of tasks to use up our time, avoiding the opportunity to grow in God and for him to do a new work in us. If we go back to Luke chapter 1, it says, After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. You see, Elizabeth understood the need to be still. It tells us she had five months alone to nurture the baby in her womb, that precious gestation process. Now, we know, don't we, that there is a gestation period as the baby grows before birth. Are we in that time of gestation? What could God be doing in you, in me, in that space? The gestation period could be for months, but it can be for years when God is doing something in us, transforming us. It's a very vulnerable time and we need to nurture and make space and be attentive to what God is doing. To be honest, I think it can be really easy to choose to ignore what God might be birthing in us, to make the opposite choice to Elizabeth. And when we do this, we need to be really wary of early miscarriage or aborting what God is doing. It can just be so easy to create our own new agendas, to choose not to take this opportunity. But could this be an invitation to face the difficult stuff, to be brave, to be still 
and to allow God to live in us. When we slow down, when we fully embrace Sabbath, when we spend time in solitude or silence, what was once important is no longer significant. And as we choose to step off the world's merry-go-round, we're no longer attached to these things. As the words of the chorus say, as we turn our eyes upon Jesus, the things of this world grow strangely dim. So let's make that choice to turn our eyes upon Jesus and to see afresh all the little gifts he's placing around us right now. Whether that's the joy of a homemade cake or sunshine on your face. All his gifts are there waiting for us to see them and to embrace them. I really believe that many of us, and myself included, are stuck and entrenched in the same old patterns. But God is longing to invade our lives and birth something new. For me, I feel like this is the time where he's really going to show me how to rest. Where I've got space and time to be fully intentional about resting in him. Where new rhythms can be born so that when all this ends, I can live more as the person Jesus created me to be. Thanks, Vicky. I have to say, I uh, am a lot worse at rest than I used to be. I think having kids has changed my ability to rest, uh, but I love them dearly, honestly. Anyway, uh, moving on from rest, uh, onto our sort of final section, really. And um, in this idea of birthing, there is this idea of God doing a new thing. Um, deep birthing is actually to transform our person, who we really are, our true self. So although God might do a new thing, it isn't actually about the thing, it's about transforming you, transforming your person, who you are, so that you become more loving, more soft, more kind, more content, more flexible, effectively growing in the fruit of the Spirit to become more and more like Jesus. And one of the lessons we learned from the earlier reading about Mary is that she sought out a spiritual companion, Elizabeth, who was also pregnant. In our reading, we see Mary going to Elizabeth, this spiritual companion, someone who is in a similar situation but is older and is wise um, and Mary, who had accepted a limit from God to be pregnant with his son, and all of the stigma of being engaged and unmarried, Mary, whose life suddenly became painful and confusing, just like many of our lives right now, Mary chooses to seek out and spend time with a spiritual companion. Now, we may not be able to physically seek out the spiritual companion in our current circumstances but with all the advances in technology with skype and whatsapp and zoom we've been finding other ways that we can seek spiritual companionship now earlier on right at the start vicky talked about god pressing the pause button and sometimes it can feel like that but sometimes as well as allowing god to press the pause button we need to allow him to press the reset button, to go back to the maker's original 
factory settings. So in order to do a new thing, we often have to put down the old things, like a kernel of wheat, letting them die in order for the new thing to be properly birthed. And Vicky mentioned about this gestation period, and one of the things that we believe is that the longer the gestation period, the larger the thing that God's birthing. So uh, patience is absolutely necessary in this new thing. Now, it was in the early hours of the morning, on Saturday, October the 12th, 2013, the Junction 10 core leadership team had arrived the evening before on Friday for a weekend retreat at House of the Open Door. We were seeking what to do about the building, whether to refurbish or remodel or rebuild. And on that early Saturday morning, in my morning devotionals, I had a very strong word from Jeremiah 1.10. It says, See today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Well, like all of these things, I noted it in my journal and wondered whether that was just for me or what God might be saying, because it was quite a profound word. And I went down for early morning worship with a core team, and our senior leader began the worship time with that exact same passage. And of course, God then gets your attention, doesn't he? After a powerful time of worship, one of the group shared a prophetic word that they had. And after discernment and prayer, the core team felt that God was saying to us to demolish the building and instead of worrying about a new build, to instead build community with Jesus at the centre. God was, in effect, asking us to uproot and to tear down, but to also build. And Isaiah 43 verse 19 says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And this has been a, a, a verse that over the past few years has come up time and time again in corporate worship in a prophetic sense for Junction 10. And I vividly remember praying in Caris Bible College, where we were before Grace Academy Darliston, in 2014. The building had recently been demolished. And I had this Isaiah 43 verse 19 as a very powerful scripture from God. Little did I know at the time how God was going to bring about these new things at Junction 10. So what has God been birthing corporately? God has been building us up as a community with Jesus at the centre over the past five or six years. And I believe that part of that is made us more agile, is made us more flexible. Um, is, our building might have been taken away and demolished, but God has been building new things in us as a body of believers. Now, I wouldn't be surprised, although we've got a five-year plan for our new build, the Ark on 323, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it took longer than we plan at the moment, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was shorter, if there was a suddenly and all of a sudden things were released. We just don't know. What we do know 
is that God has been birthing something and because there's been a long gestation period, corporately, I would say, God has something really large for us that hasn't yet been fully birthed. So the question for this section is, how do you perceive that? How do you see this new thing? If maybe you've never thought about it before, perhaps this is time to think about that. As you seek to discover this, remember that these become holy moments. Times when, like Moses at the burning bush, we are required to take off our shoes because the ground we are standing on is holy ground. So let's just conclude. As we bring our time to a close, we recognise that we are being called to a greater level of trust like never before. We're being called to love our neighbour. We're being called to pay attention, to wait, to listen in this gestation period and to allow God to work in us and to birth something new in us. However, as Will said, this isn't just something personal. What is God birthing in us as a community of believers who've been called to put Jesus at the centre? I have been so blessed over these few weeks as I've seen how we've responded to this. I've seen a rise and a passion in our prayer. I've seen the gathering of our journey groups reaching out to look after one another and I've seen the deep trust in our Heavenly Father that he's with us and that he's working through this. Now Will reminded us didn't he earlier on that the Christian journey is a series of rebirths. God is passionate about each and every one of us and he is longing to birth something new in each one of us. Over the coming weeks can I encourage you to intentionally set aside some time to be still, hmm. to switch off from the world and to listen deeply. Now we found, haven't we, the Pete Scazzaro book's really yeah. helpful in helping us to structure this, particularly the prayer of examine. So perhaps you could commit here and now, this morning, could you agree with God that you will make this space. Shall we just finish our time by praying together? Thanks, Vicky. Shall we uh, pray now and close our eyes, even though we might be in the privacy of our own homes? Let's close our eyes and bow our heads. And first of all, um, I want to pray for those people who have never received new birth, who've never received uh, Jesus into their lives as their Lord and Saviour, who've never experienced the gift of the Holy Spirit. I pray for you right now and I pray that you would see this new birth as something that God is drawing you into, something that God is inviting you into and I pray that you would experience the love, the eternal life and the blessing that coming to God would bring. Secondly, I want to pray for you if you maybe had the start of a birthing process, but that's never come to conclusion. Father God, I pray for everyone who has had this experience. And Holy Spirit, even as I pray now, bring to mind those times when maybe God has wanted to birth something, but it hasn't come 
to full gestation. And I pray that these uh, dreams, these hopes, this thing that God is birthing, that, that this would become a new focus for you, that you would uh, make space, that you would create time, that you would protect that birth and that it would come to full fruition. And finally, I pray for us all. I pray for what God might be birthing in us now. Father God, over the coming weeks, as we step back in silence and solitude and we begin to listen to you, will you, through your Holy Spirit, bring to mind and draw our attention and reveal to us those things that you wish to start to birth in us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Amen.